Hello and welcome to the third episode of Masters of Our Domain, a podcast about Seinfeld. Uh, I'm Milo Edwards, someone who has never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. I don't have That's anything right. to. I don't have anything um, to add to that. <laughs> I am Phoebe Roy. I that am is Phoebe the end Roy. of the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You at this point, you either know or you don't know. That's the. Those are your options. Uh, women don't owe you an explanation. So. That's right. It's not. It's not Phoebe's job to educate me about who she is. <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, we are we are joined uh, today by a special guest, Olga Koch. Olga, hello. Hi, uh, my name is Olga, and I am forever plagued by the question: Is he sponge worthy? <laughs> um, and this is a reference that only Seinfeld fans will get. Mm. It's a great so I don't get it. Milo, you'll one day understand it. I I chuckled anyway because it was an amusing okay. sound. You'll you'll. <laughs> you will understand one day what I meant by yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think that's in season seven or something. So we've got so we've we've got we've oh. got a lot of episodes to do before, and so I, right. I. But I feel like- I will not skip ahead. I I am true to my word of honor. I will watch every episode of Seinfeld immediately before we record the podcast. I fully expect a, a callback in. A hundred episodes time, or however many, however many <laughs> that is. I'm Day one call heads back. will know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, our most sponge-worthy guest so far. That's that's not that's not a good use of the joke. Just- that's- <laughs> Sponge-worthy square pants. Is we that keep anything? using it. See, just put it into. <laughs> Put it in any sentence yeah. you want. Please mm. do have me back when the, when this joke finally makes sense. Okay, we I need mean, to work we're, out we're what episode to. it's going to be in and have Olga on for that episode. Well, yeah. Okay, that involve that involves maths. Okay, and, sounds good. Um, maths is everything I stand against. So, well, there is that. There so is that. you're going to have to work that out. I can tell you which episode yeah. it is, and then you can work out which episode it is of this. This is interesting to listen to, isn't it? Hey, happy new year. Yeah. How's it going? Yeah, happy new year indeed. Well, except this won't be... No, don't say happy new year, because these podcasts aren't coming out in a timely fashion. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be old news by then. It's going to be coming out last year, yeah. so... <laughs> okay, fine. Not happy new year. Happy March. Happy Chinese new year. How's it, like, how, how's it going? Oh, are we still in lockdown? Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's um, right. I hope that whatever military junta has recently come to power in the United States is benevolent. <laughs> I hope. I hope it. Ha- I just hope it has good representation. That's right. I want to. I want to see like a military junta, but with lots of X's in it. <laughs> a, a military juxta. That's what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think yeah. that's. I think that's just something we've got to whatever, look forward to. Whoever comes to power, I hope they're sponge worthy. <laughs> okay, so um, who is the mo- yeah. who is the most sponge worthy uh, political character of 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 recent times? Because I've got because I've got I've got <laughs> okay. a stick with Hunter Biden as as my as my nomination for sponge worthy. Let me look him up one second. Yeah, I can't picture him. I know his story. So you think he's uh, a quote unquote daddy? I think, yeah, I think Hunter Biden's daddy. I mean, like we have mm. to like put aside yeah, Hunter Biden's daddy, Joe Biden. We have to put a, <laughs> we have to put aside yeah, that's President Daddy. Thank you. Um, mm. We have to put aside some stuff, <laughs> Mister Daddy, <laughs> Mister Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> they actually they have to call you Mister Daddy for the rest of your life because technically you are still Daddy, um, <laughs> even after you retire. That's why they get the the salary still. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's Would right. you like Hunter Biden to to gently place his hand on the small of your back as he's asking you a question at work? Um, great question. Uh, yeah. Um, if he yeah, was I an osteopath, I think, yes. I'd, I think I'd tolerate that. <laughs> I think I'd be cool with that. I don't know. Now, now I don't. Now I don't know. I feel like this, I feel like this is maybe a leading question. Mm. Yeah. He like, he's 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 done some pretty fucked up stuff. I'm just looking at pictures of he's also Hunter or Joe. Hunter. Oh. But he's also he's also daddy. So how am I supposed to square these two things? 
It's, it's a very good question. And to be honest, it's not one that I can answer for you. You can only look for the answer within yourself. Not I, to get too Chinese philosophy. I don't, don't, don't want to do that. someone's gonna have to tell me because that is one thing i will not be doing i will i will never interrogate myself never Mm. not willingly that's right even though i've built this weird rube goldberg machine to waterboard me that's right i'm gonna get hunter biden to waterboard me in the rube goldberg machine um yeah hunter biden setting (laughs) off a chain of events which lead to me being choked and spanked he is completely unaware that he's doming me. All he's done is make himself a boiled egg. But due to an incredibly convoluted mechanism, I am now receiving the fuck of my life. That is actually what uh, the butterfly effect is about. People don't know that, but that's actually the story. That's actually the plot of the butterfly effect starring Ashton, starring Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Going back in time and setting off a Rube Goldberg device that leads to yeah, me having kinky sex. That le- leads to being topped by Hunter Biden. That's right. Hey, coming along with those pictures, Olga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this podcast about Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah Olga's no, no, currently no, it rolling, it rolling in it down a chute <laughs> that will lead to the photos being found. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Shall we talk about Seinfeld? I feel like I'm on a really big delay. I don't know. I, I've... Olga's voice coming at you down a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> There's like a sizable pause after I speak, uh, unless you're like specifically just being just like make making me think of what I about what I yeah, just said. No, no, I think that it's. Ju- I think that just everything everything you oh, say okay, bursts yeah. like music into centuries of silence. So we have to think very carefully mm. before we answer. Uh, podcasting well, is like there's jazz. A, that, yeah. It's about the space between the takes. <laughs> oh my god that's exactly what i say when someone asks me if i came during sex <laughs> <laughs> what the mutant podcasting is like jazz <laughs> 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 it's like olga honey are you having a stroke do you smell toast why would you smell toast because you're having a stroke that's one of the symptoms it's like well it's like a common symptom you smell burnt toast is it yeah because it like it fucks with like all kinds of receptors in your brain. So like a common thing that people who've had strokes report is that they smell like burning toast. Okay, so what if you what if you smell burning toast because toast is burning? But you're also having a stroke. Yeah. Then what? Mm. What if? Yeah. What well, if then, you like, then I guess if, like, you should call an ambulance and the fire brigade. What if burning toast is a sort of daily activity? Mm. I burnt some toast the other day. It was a disaster. Mm. In a way, in a if way, if you burn toast little by little every day, you can actually prevent a heart attack. <laughs> what? No, no, that's no, that, that's right. Yeah. On this in podcast, way, on this every podcast, time, women support each other. So every that's time right. a toaster burns toast, that is like a boy who cried wolf situation <laughs> for a stroke. And every time someone dies of a stroke because they weren't aware of the symptoms quickly enough, that is the fault of a toaster. And toasters have blood on their hands. This is genuinely a pause because I I honestly don't know what to say to that. That's right. Shall we talk about Seinfeld? Shall we talk about Shall we Shall we talk about the the episode of Seinfeld that we that we watched? That we have all watched. Yes, that we have all watched. And how I mean, how, only like, the third how, episode like, of it that I've ever watched. How, I mean, like, how, first of all, how are we? How are we all doing? Are we sleeping okay? How's How's it going? Talk to me. No, we've done that bit. We've done that bit. Okay. <laughs> I want to know if Olga's feeling better. Oh yeah, because Ol- Olga has had the COVID. Yeah. Oh, for my coronavirus, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing all right. I'm back with my on my bullshit with my yoga with Adrian. Oh yeah, that bitch, um, Adrian, and her yeah. dog, that calm hag. Yeah, as Phoebe calls her. I do call her that. Like she is very calm. I, I mean, I I, I, I I like her a lot. But if I ever if I ever catch her, I am gonna beat the shit out of her. That's my that's my position there on you Adrian. Go. And- and that's not a joke. That is an actionable threat. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, let's lawyer up, lads. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess you can't really sue someone for making a threat, but you can report them to the police. So good. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get into an entangle, a legal entanglement with yoga with Adrian on episode three. That would be interesting. I think that would be um, interesting. And I won't call her Adrian. I will only call her Yoga with Adrian. That is her name. That is her, that, that's her full name. I think. In fact, I think Yoga the Mr. with Mr. and Mrs. Adrian, a daughter. <laughs> Yo- yoga with. Yeah, that's right. I think. I think that Yo- I think that Yoga with is a title. I don't think that's her 
I think it's kind of sort of technically an honorific. Oh, it's 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 like a pre-nominal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Right. So you know, anyway. so you know, there's a new, you know, there's a new strain of the coronavirus which is really bad and really infectious. Mm. Um, I distinctly remember uh, sending a message saying they should have called it COVID's metamorphoses. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's so niche. <laughs> but I didn't say this to anyone. I dreamt. I dreamt sending this. To, I dreamt sending this to my boyfriend. So I think that I'm now dreaming about doing obnoxious bits, and that's bad. So oh dear. while we're on obnoxious bits, episode three of Seinfeld. Yeah, right. So the, the episode <laughs> that we watched, right, it was season one, episode three. It's that's called correct. The Robbery. If you're watching along at home, that's the one to tune into wherever you watch your Seinfeld. Uh, many platforms are available. Um uh, to be honest, I was really, I was really tired when I watched this episode, and I remember that it was about moving flats, but I don't remember what the bits were. And usually, the bits are our favourite bits. Mm. Okay, well, you're in luck. You're in luck, Milo bit. Edwards, because I have written down the details of the bits. Bit number one: Jerry is talking about getting into a dust up with some woman in public, and she gives him the finger. Mm. And so he is oh, that's musing. It. He cuts her off in traffic. Yeah. So he is musing on the arbitrariness of giving someone the finger. Mm. Like, why is that supposed to upset someone? Yeah. Because it's just showing you that it's just showing you their finger. It would be more upsetting if you showed them you showed them your toe, which I don't agree. I always want to see someone's or toe. Or it would make them horny. Yeah. Exactly. I want to see toes all the time. Toes all the time, mm. Phoebe. That's that's what they call me in our show me that toe in our weekly poker game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We've been to a pimps and toes themed party. <laughs> <laughs> Olga, let's let's get a quick let's get yeah, a quick hit a here. Quick if, if you cut someone off in traffic and they showed you their toe, how would you feel about that? Oh, nothing but respect. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, like, I, think I, I shouldn't have cut that guy off. I think the I think the slight I think the slight del, yeah the slight delay there made that made that an even better response. I apologize for the delay. I mean, I think the bit is genius. I think uh, I mean, I'm sure I, I don't want to assume um uh, again, wouldn't want to do that, but just like how Jerry Seinfeld really opened a whole universe of comedy that the premise of Every bit being, let's describe just everyday occurrences in society mm. to an alien that just landed on Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he invent he invented the the as in like oh okay and then we get upset we show them a finger. <laughs> <laughs> he invented the conceit that later became the Michael McIntyre. Everyone has that draw. You know the drawer I'm talking about, the drawer that doesn't close properly. <laughs> the that- apotheosis. <laughs> is, that, is, that a Mike- I thought, is that a Michael McIntyre bit? I, I didn't know that. It is, yeah. I thought that I thought his I mean, bit it's, was it's about quite, the drawer. It's, I mean, it is the, quite banal, so I feel like it's possible other people. Yeah, he does also have that. Well, I think it's part of the same bit. I think he talks about various drawers in the kitchen that you have. Hmm, I see. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and I think in the same set he has the bit about the hoovering But it's so as well. fun to look at the world with Seinfeld eyes because everything can be explained as bizarre. You could be like, oh, a sandwich? So you start with bread? Yeah, you put some stuff on it. What? Then bread again? <laughs> what, did you run out of options? You know what I mean? And that's a Seinfeld bit. You're welcome. Have that. <laughs> the to be the fair, bread is kind of the chorus good, of the sandwich. That's a pretty good bit. Like that whoever invented mm. the sandwich just had no imagination. <laughs> they, they got as far as the filling and then they realized they were in too deep and they had nowhere to go with it. Uh, J- Jerry, if you're listening, I don't know if you still do this kind of comedy, mm. but. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Why I'm just, is spaghetti I'm, so long? I am actually looking up the origins of the middle finger uh, because it's like the, the one that you get, the one that you get told, which is that it like it, it originates from the field of Agincourt. That's like, that's a lie. That's no, no, that's, up. that's a different one. That's the, that's the, that's the two finger one. Yeah, but that's, that's, all, but that's also, salute. but that's also not right, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a shame. Because that always used to confound people in Russia because they would, they would say like, 
People would ask me in hushed tones, like, is it true that in Britain you can also give people the finger with two fingers? And I'd be like, yes, it is. And then you could tell them that story and they'd be like, no way. Um, so for that reason, I'll be continuing to believe that that is true. Hey! Okay, so the middle finger was used as a symbol of, of sexual intercourse in a manner meant to degrade, intimidate, and threaten the individual. It also represented the phallus with the fingers next, with the fing- folded fingers next to the middle finger representing testicles. Balls. Yeah. <laughs> That's why my two fingers are always full of piss. Oh! In the first century Mediterranean world, extending the finger was one of many methods used to divert the ever-present threat of the evil eye. Mm. Goodness, goodness me! And it, yeah, the and it's ever-present ge- threat of the evil eye. Yeah, that's right. Was that was that causing people a lot of trouble in the ancient Mediterranean? Like that? Oh well, I was gonna, I was gonna go to the, um, I was gonna go to the olive oil store, pick up an amphora, but uh, it's the evil eye again, isn't it? evil eye out so can't go until that's gone so what are you thinking of the evil hate it when that happens the evil eye as being some what kind is of like it what you forecast? didn't uh, mention in that description yeah. i was just gonna say that like before before the finger they used to just show the full cock and balls and then just became too much of a faff so they switched to the finger <laughs> it's not funny this this <laughs> late in the game no it's funny it, it would have been it's funny like funnier. 90 seconds ago <laughs> So, that, so, so, what we're saying here is like the middle finger, like coincided with the invention of underwear. So, like when when men were just like cutting around in like their mm. tunics or whatever, and they could just <laughs> they could just lift up their, they could lift up yeah. their skirts and show you. But then some, um, but then someone invented boxer shorts, and it just turned that into makes... it just and the zipper. That does make sense, or yeah. perhaps the Y front, which I feel like probably came before the boxer short. Um, but yeah, I, I think well, the reason why that was actually funnier with the delay algo was because it felt like you were a, you were a correspondent on BBC News who was like calling in from far away on like a really bad connection, and they were like, "Sorry, sorry, we've just we've got someone calling in from Beirut." Yes, go ahead, and then just like, okay, what if you just showed your cock and balls? Got like this sort of hideous, like hideous fighting and bombs going off in the background, and Olga's just mm. like, "What if? Can you hear me?" The regime here are feeling under threat. The president recently emerged on his balcony and showed a cock and balls (laughs) to the crowd. (laughs) Tensions are very high, Hugh. Very high indeed. An ancient symbol both of disrespect and to avert the ever-present threat of the evil eye. Mm. Mm. That's right. Who knew that your hog could protect you from the evil eye? <laughs> ah, it depends on the hog. Well, that is true. Depends on the quality of the hog. Mm. Mm. I think some some hogs are like the evil eyes. Like I could take that. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not scaring me. I might scare a regular eye, perhaps. <laughs> so what, like top trumps? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It ch- ch- needs to be of a minimum length and girth. A challenger has entered the field of play, and the evil eye just goes, ha Call that a hog. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, have we have we talked about uh, what we think Seinfeld's hog is like, or is that something that we need to that we want to hold back on, or what? We uh, we haven't we haven't yet speculated on that. Okay. I think he's packing. <laughs> And that's why he finds the institution of showing the finger so bizarre. Because he's like, <laughs> why, he's why don't we like, simply don't show simply people our penis? Show people, our, show people our cocks. Because that's what I would do. Because I've got, I've got a belter. I have no choice. I'm wearing 90s trousers. I, I will agree. I will also add this. Sometimes uh, he does strike me as very long, very thin. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, I do see what you mean. Hmm. And that, that's a stressful yeah. thing to be, I like think. Like a tapeworm. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly, have sex with Jerry Seinfeld a few times. You'll, you'll lose some weight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that, that, that not only is a... Is, well, because you'll come so much? I, no, I, th- I think that what Milo is describing here, Oggs, is, um, is the long, thin tapeworm pe- penis... Uh, ingressing through the cervix. Oh no! Come on! And somehow breaching. It could, it could be anal sex, Phoebe. That would probably make the most sense. Yeah. 
It does, but I would prefer to stick with uh, stick with my account. Thank you. <laughs> and I feel like trying to cut. Try you to mean to tell me you that you take a penis and you put it up the anus? <laughs> this penis. That's right, you. Here we've been seeing a lot of anal sex on the streets between various of the militias and government forces. We cannot. We cannot tell at this time whether it is to uh, subdue the opposition or whether it is to avert the evil eye. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's how they invented pegging. Um, yeah. Actually, to be fair, in this account of the origins of the, of the middle finger gesture, it does actually say that it, that it was used as an obscene gesture in Greek comedy, and Greek comedy does have these big red leather phalluses that they used to just kind of wave around the place. So I am I'm pretty happy with my with my pegging analogy here. The history mm. of pegging. Yeah, I don't know I don't have anything to add to that. Um what do we think of the, what, what do we think of this bit? I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad bit. I agree I I I get what you're saying, Olga. It is like trying to explain uh humanity to aliens. Yeah, but it's, it's not it a is, bad bit. It it's like a, str- a deeply, it a it's a deeply average bit. It's a, I think I think it's an all right observation. I've seen I've seen infinitely worse observations. Oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say it's a distinctly average bit. Like it is like it is very run of the mill stand up comedy. It's not bad stand up comedy. It's just like this is like if you look up stand up comedy in the dictionary, this is the sort of thing you would find as an example. Care to uh, care to back yourself there? What do you mean, care to back myself? I mean, this is just, this is like, this bit is like the epitome of the Seinfeld meme. I am going to, the, I am going doing to, bit. I am going to look up stand up comedy on dictionary.com and I'm going to tell you what it says. I mean, they're not, they're probably not going to provide an example because that's like a, it's a hyperbole, uh, isn't uh, it? Sorry, like if you looked sorry, up sorry, in the dictionary, this is what you sorry, would find. Sorry. It's uh, not an actual, it's not a literal statement sorry, of fact. Sorry. Well, walking back, <laughs> are we? Trying to, uh, not walking it back, but it's a dictionary. They'll probably just give a definition of what stand-up comedy is. They're not gonna. They're not gonna give you a Seinfeld bit instead of a definition. Look, Milo, you said it. If you're not What's prepared, the deal with stand-up comedy? If you're not prepared to stand by, so you're telling me you can go into a book and look up a word, and they will describe the word with other words. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can totally believe Seinfeld doing a bit about the dictionary. Why would you do that? Why are all the words getting together to talk about each other? What's the point of that? We agreed that you were going to work on your Seinfeld impression, right? No, no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> now, <laughs> what is the deal with the... Uh... Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, there's, uh, there's got, there, we've got an origin of the term. The, uh, the earliest usage is found in the Cedar Rapids Tribune in the 1950s. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. A type of comedy in which an entertainer, typically standing alone on stage, tells jokes or amusing stories directly to an audience. So, what, oh. so what's the deal with standing on a stage and telling jokes or amusing stories directly to an, in- directly to an audience? Don't they oh, have the idea of telling them indirectly to an audience don't they through have some jokes kind of intermediary? Yeah, that's what? right. Isn't, isn't- Mum, we have jokes at home. Jokes at home. What's the deal with the dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? When you say an intermediary, do you mean like a like a ventriloquist dummy? Uh, yeah, or a translator, or another another kind of mediator, like perhaps someone from you know the UN. <laughs> what about doing it through a peacekeeper? <laughs> So what, Behind like, a big blue helmet. So like a kind of someone, someone, somewhere between a simultaneous interpreter and a member of a pe- of the UN peacekeeping forces. Yeah, just like a Kenyan military officer who speaks decent English, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, t- to be fair, I would watch that. I'd go and see that show. Yeah. Because that is new, <laughs> at least. That is novel. That's right. So whenever, whenever I do a bad Seinfeld impression, I'm actually impersonating the mediator that he is using to address the crowd. What, the, the, the Kenyan army officer? Not, not necessarily him. Could be anyone. I should stress, actually, it's not him. <laughs> Just that to be not, very clear, not, it's not his. That's not the voice. Milo is not yeah. doing a, 
a Kenyan voice, just so we're clear. Is it is it not is it not racist if the voice that you do of of some sort of ethnic group is so bad and unrecognizable that it is simply doesn't sound like them at all? What the uh, the the Riley Gambit? Like if I said I was doing an impression of someone from the Congo and I just did a Scouse accent, like where <laughs> like where would that where would that fall? <laughs> Well, that would fall in. That's yeah, it's difficult <laughs> growing up in Kinshasa, you know. That, There's a lot of violence <laughs> about. I mean, it's, it's, it's because of all the heavy earth minerals that are really a sort of epicenter <laughs> for global conflict and mercenary violence. I think it's still it's still racist and also bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> racist for Kooky. Yeah. Yeah, so you could like bro- like branch out into like into kind of mm. like charming racism for twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's fun. Maybe yeah. that'll be my bit. Something like something for the slur room. Just like just keep it re- just, slur just room. Just keep it really delightful. It sounds like it would be the name of a popular bar in New York in the eighties. What slur room? The slur room. The slur room. Yeah. yeah, there can be only one. It's like the Highlander. Um, <laughs> what? Like the what? Highlander. Have you never seen the film Highlander? We've literally discussed more other media than we have Seinfeld yeah, in this that's, episode. Uh, that, that, that's, that's true. Ed, do you want to t- tell me very quickly what Highlander is? And then we can go Highlander. on to the next it's, it's the a film. It's a film from the 80s. Uh, it stars Sean Connery as an Egyptian. Um, but what? He is, Sorry, what? Yes. Sean, yeah. Con- so- Sean Connery as a what? As an Egyptian, As an Egyptian? Right. As an immortal Egyptian swordsman. What? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Fuck off. I don't and believe this exists. And the voice he does is the same voice he's done in every single film he's been in. Uh, it's this one. Um, oh. And, uh, Hi, and it also Jackson. stars uh, Christophe Lambert, who is French, and who at the time could not speak English at all and learn all of the lines by rote without understanding what they meant. That's amazing. And that comes across in his performance. <laughs> He talks like this. He is supposed to be from Scotland. <laughs> he is also the immortal swordsman uh, from Scotland. <laughs> so you get this amazing thing where it's like, hello, not- Sean Connery, I'm Scottish. And then Sean Connery is like, yeah, and I'm from Egypt. <laughs> he's not Egyptian. If he's, if he's Egyptian, why is he called Ramirez? <laughs> oh, oh, believe me, it gets more confusing. Um. Uh yeah, and then and then the the villain is this guy called the Kogan, who is um who just looks like a big goth. The Kogan, or the Kurgan is something like that. Um. Okay, uh, yeah. hang on. I just okay. It, they they got a picture of Ramirez the Egyptian, mm. and he's wearing a kind of peacock feather coat and yeah. what looks like. A matador's jacket and a cavalier's hat. Yeah, like Egyptians do. I don't, I don't see the Sem- issue. I, semiotically, this is all over the place. Yeah, it's a film made in the eight. I mean, like, look, I, we're really burying the lead here when the the lead actor in the film was a French guy playing a Scottish guy who could not, and I can't stress this enough, speak English at all. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, lo- no, I like that. I'm not saying I don't like that, but I'm. I would very much like to deal with the fact that he is called Ramirez and he is an Egyptian swordsman. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the point of the film is that there are all these immortal swordsmen called Highlanders and they can only be killed by having their head cut off. Mm. And, um, and the idea is that the last one who's still alive like it absorbs the power of all the others and so like gets this like super power thing i don't know it doesn't it's never really like properly explained and uh and basically christophe lambert is one of the last like three or four who are still alive in like the modern 1980s or whatever and uh but he's been alive since like the medieval period when he was a scottish warrior who spoke with a kind of the accent of a of a french man with like some kind of impediment but you're not sure what um, and uh, it's also the entire soundtrack was done by Queen, uh, and what? the the this Queen is song. So strange. Who- Hell, fucking yeah! Hopefully, the Adam Lambert's version of Queen. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen song, uh, "Who Wants to Live Forever," my Queen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, was written by Brian May in twenty minutes because he was extremely moved by a montage in the film Highlander where Christoph Lambert. 
his wife in the Scottish Highlands grows old and dies, but he doesn't because he's immortal and then he has a little cry. Can I read you the sentence that um, I find for some reason both very arresting and very funny from the account of yeah. uh, Highlander? Uh, MacLeod, Christopher Lambert, not Scottish but in fact French, falls in love with a police forensic scientist named Brenda. Yeah, that's Why right. is she called Brenda? You say why is she called Brenda, but I mean, what do you mean by that? Uh, I'm not sure what I mean. Of the, of the things you could take issue with in the film Highlander, uh, no, I think no, the fact no, that no, the no. police forensic no, psychologist no, 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 is no, called I Brenda. I don't like that she's called Brenda. No, I'm, I, I object to that. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh, fucking hell. The, the, the official uh, Masters of Our Domain blacklist extends <laughs> from Norman Foster to now include the fictitious character Brenda from the film Highlander. Yes, that's right. And Justin Welby as well. Oh, and Justin, but we haven't actually talked about him yet, though. No, we haven't, but, you know, we're going to come back to that because I'm mad. Yeah, anyway, so th- th- this episode of Seinfeld. This episode the, of Seinfeld. All right, Milo. Bit, We've talked about the bit with the middle fingers. Yeah. Let's get into the meat. Let's get into the plot. Let's get into the hog. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into Jerry Seinfeld's narrow but lengthy penis. We have not established that. I still think he's got a big hog. It like, could be big. Something looks long and narrow can still be big. No, that's not big. That's long and skinny. That's a different. That is a different thing. That's not a. That's not a big hog. That is a long and skinny hog. They are different. They are different cultural emblems. I would say that's bad news for me, but my penis isn't long, so it's fine. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the, would it the be meat called of the? This... Would it be called the sign the the sign penis or the jerry penis? <laughs> Jerry Sign Penis. Jerry Sign Penis. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? Okay, cool. Um, okay. Um, this, is why I st- this is why I joined this podcast <laughs> for this episode. That's right. As a guest. You knew it was going to be the most organized. Is it organized, Sign yeah. Penis or Jerry Penis? The Jerry Penis. I'm just going to throw out there, I put an hour in my work calendar for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So cool. yeah, if you put if you say the Jeripinus Seinfeld, throw this it sounds out. like a, a niche part of the human body, like like it should be like a part of a cell or something. What does the Jeripinus Seinfeld? The Jeripinus like, Seinfeld, like it's a niche membrane of some kind that's like in your liver or something. Well, it's the membrane that allows the long and skinny penis to enter your digestive system through your cervix. That's right. Yeah, that's what it does. Yeah. Um, so now that we've established that, in this episode of Seinfeld, what happens is that Jerry, regardless of the size, length, girth of his penis, he, um, George, tries to tempt him to move apartments into a new apartment, which George has found. The reason why George attempts to do this is unclear. No, it's not. Well, the reason that George wants to wants the apartment himself. No, the reason why, if he wants the apartment himself, he even suggests it to Jerry in the first place when he, he could have just want himself. The, this is a, this is an, uh, this is some character development. He doesn't right. want the apartment until he sees how much Jerry likes it. Ah, yeah. Okay, do you want to know something weird? Some this guy has just walked past my living room window three Jesus times. Christ. Right? He's not like he's not doing anything weird. He's not like peering or anything. He's just going. Mm. He's just going past. But I've not seen him come back. He's always walking in the same direction. He's doing loops of the neighbourhood. Oh. That or he's glitching. Yeah, I think he's glitching. Huh, okay. Yeah, proceed. Okay, so um, the 18th attempt. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they go nine. and they, uh, And so he tries to persuade uh, Jerry. Jerry's going to see his apartment. Jerry's like, I don't want to move. Then Jerry goes to Minneapolis for the weekend to do some shows because he is a stand-up comedian, as was already established in the earlier part of the episode when he talked about giving people the finger. And uh, then uh, Elaine is apartment-sitting for him when he returns from Minneapolis. Uh, He has been burgled because Elaine was out and Kramer left his door open because he borrowed a spatula. Um, This then provokes Jerry to go and view the apartment and Elaine says, if you take the apartment, I will take your apartment because I like your apartment. Uh, and then uh, Jerry's like, okay. He goes to see the apartment. He likes the apartment. He agrees to take the apartment. Uh, 
George then brings the lease around to Jerry's apartment. And as he's about to sign it, George reveals that he now wants the apartment. They then play like a weird version of rock, paper, scissors, but that isn't rock, paper, scissors, but follows a similar concept mm. called choose or shoot or something. I was it's called slightly confused. Shoot. It's called shoot, isn't it? I don't know. I've you, never, I'd never seen it before. It's where you, it's where you draw finger guns, and then there's a kind of system based on which finger guns defeat which finger guns. Or at least as far as I can tell, I've never seen this done before either. I think it was I uh, the, it's my understanding from watching it was that it was to do with whether they were showing in total an odd or even number of fingers. So one person wins if it's an odd number, and one person wins if it's an even number. Okay, so what happens if they just show their dicks? Well, then it would presumably always be an even number. That's the question. Thank you. <laughs> what happens if they show their dicks is it's a draw, but the evil eye is warded off. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, okay, so, so yeah, basically, so they do that. Yeah, shoot is just the game fives, but with less fingers. Um, so, uh, yeah, they do that. And then uh, Jerry wins... Oh, and then this was a part of the they episode also I genuinely flip, didn't... They try to flip a coin as well. and that's Yeah, they do work. that first. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then anyway, so then Jerry wins, but they end up still not taking... He ends up still not taking the apartment. That was a bit I didn't get. It's because George has made such a fuss about it that Jerry's like, I would never feel comfortable there because I know that you, uh, you're there like kind of resenting it and I knew how much you wanted it. That's yeah. like... I, I, I th- yeah. Frankly, I think... It's that's quite a weak explanation. Mm. I, I'm not. I am not persuaded of the explanatory power of that. But they have to keep Jerry in the same apartment. It's interesting that um, all the stuff that's supposed to be wrong with the apartment, they sort of just quietly just get rid of that as an idea. Like it, it, mm. it very much seems like they're tr- they're kind of setting up a kind of running thing about like what a heap of shit this apartment is. And then they clearly decide like, well, that's not interesting. Who cares about his shit apartment? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, yeah, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because they're saying like, oh, well, you got burgled, so you should move. And it's like, but he lives in New York. Like that's just something that happens. And you, like you get, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he lives in a bad area. But it's because it's like the, it's because like the hot water doesn't work and like the fridge doesn't work and there's there, there's quite a lot of that, mm. um, and that's why they say. But you're doing a lot better now as a comedian, so why don't you get yeah. a better flat? You got that whole bit about the dictionary. People love that. People love the bit about the dictionary. People say that just one look at your hog can permanently ward off the evil eye. That's right. And that is what women want. That's what the Mel Gibson film was about. I feel like we maybe don't want to get into another uh, another tangent, but I literally don't know what you're talking mm. about. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Do it. Have do you never it. seen the Mel Gibson film What Women Want? Who do you think you're talking to here? No, I haven't. <laughs> what do you mean? Who do I think I'm talking to? I think I, I, I think I'm talking to someone who is familiar with bad culture. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Um, I am not familiar with this bad culture. Okay, in the year, I think it was 2000 or maybe like 98, that, that neck of the woods, they made a, they made a film with Mel Gibson where the, the bit right, is... You listen, gets... you listen here, Junior. There is a world of difference between 2000 and 1998 from a cultural perspective. Just, just say. I'm just well, saying. How would you know if you haven't seen the film What Women Want? Okay, fine. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, Mel Gibson is like a, an ad exec guy. He gets an electric shock and or something like that, and then it gives him the power to read women's minds. And so, like, he walks around and he just permanently hears what every woman in his vicinity is thinking. And this initially drives him insane, but then he realizes that he can obviously use this to his advantage. Of course, it so drives it just him goes insane. He doesn't want to hear what he doesn't want to hear women just you know yap yap yapping all the time. It would be really funny just to make a really offensively misogynist film where the guy gets to hear what women are thinking and it's just nothing all the time. It's just absolute silence. And then like he meets God and God's like, yeah, women aren't real. Like, what did you... Look, I'm sorry, Milo, but women do not owe you thinking. That's right. Thinking is patriarchal. Ooh. Post, 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 post. Um, <laughs> the very act of thinking, because it was invented by a man, is inherently part of a patriarchal structure. Post it. Uh, I, I reckon I could get away with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could 
I mean, yeah, you probably could. I mean, in the like, probably yeah. no one's gonna like call the it's cops. It's like obviously or a joke enough. Mm. I feel like I maybe have her either. I think I might have seen this film actually. Now you've described it, I just didn't know that's what mm. it was called. Oh right. And 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 yeah, like and then he meets the woman that he actually likes, and there's a whole thing about like. Yeah. Helen Hunt, and she's doing an, a running ad with Nike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he understands what all of her kinks are, and she can't understand how that is. He knows about the Rube Goldberg machine she's got in her basement, and she's like, no one knows about the Rube Goldberg machine in my basement. Yeah. And how did you know that you wanted me to... <laughs> I wanted you to call me Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Precisely at the moment of orgasm. Do you think Henry Kissinger's wife, if she wants a snog, says, give me a Kissinger. Mm. I think about that every day of my <laughs> fucking life. <laughs> Good. Cool. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then like, and, and, it's, and then he's got like some conflict about whether or not he tells her how he, how he like seems to be so sensitive. Right? Mm. Is that what happens? Something like I've not seen it in years. Okay. I'll be I'll be real with you. I'm pretty sure he frees Scotland from the English at the end, which is the weird and jarring change of tone. But um, and then he gets hung, drawn, and quartered. God, just for being a dude. You know what? Yeah. You know what's? You know what? That is the plot of Braveheart. You know, you're just simply hung, drawn, and quartered simply for being a guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> simply for being English. <laughs> simply for saying that he wasn't English, a rare, a rare exception that proves the rule. Um, yeah, as far as as far as I remember, uh, yeah, that is a, it. It did have a like it does have that like jarring ending. Um, anyway, so some we're, some deeply we're professional activity. We're forty seven minutes in now. All right, let's. So oh no, I remember the, what I was going to say. Right, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. Okay. Did did you know, it's quite fun actually, uh, did you know that Mel Gibson actually mm. doesn't speak any English and he had to learn all of his lines for Braveheart by rote? Yeah, he's Australian, none of them do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that, to, that, that's what I was going to overdub say. Braveheart. He was going, they may take our lives, but they can rack off. <laughs> if they think they're going to take our They will our never freedom. take our yotes and our snags. Because we are from Scotland, okay? That's right. That's um that's the original audio from the film Braveheart. <laughs> um so uh, we've we literally we've not even finished the episode of Seinfeld. So then Jerry, Elaine and uh George go to a party that is being hosted at this new apartment after Jerry and George have refused to take the apartment and then everyone the, is teasing the, them the for waitress, the fact that they right? didn't take this great apartment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I thought it was by the the woman who now lives in the apartment, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, but she but she finds out about it because they're talking about it in the coffee shop. Right, 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 right. Okay. okay. Um, and so yeah, they're all getting razzed at this party, and then at the end of the episode, one guy goes, "Oh, I'm going to have to move to DC next month," and his friend's like, "But what are you going to do about the apartment?" And he goes, "Well, I'll have to give it up." And then George and Jerry both turn around and go, "What's the rent?" And that's the like closing that's a that that's a that's a bit and yeah then the final bit oh we've already had the final bit which is about um which is about kids putting so much stock in calling things so like calling shotgun or whatever and then he ah. and then he comes up with a uh frankly uh unconvincing image of something called Kid Court. Mm. Uh, which is on Quibi, if you which, want to watch that. <laughs> it's on Quibi. It's, uh, it is uh, presented by uh, one, of Chrissy Te- one of Chrissy Teigen's uh, toddler children. Yeah. Um, uh, who's actually overseeing the parole hearing of uh, the people who killed James Bolger. Fucking so. hell, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, children <laughs> children who commit crimes under the age of 18 must be tried and sentenced by a panel of children. It's that is the only otherwise it's grooming. It's the only it's the only fair way. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it's like it's it's simply the power awful. imbalance between an adult judge and a child child is too great. But you're not ready to have that conversation. No, no one's ready. <laughs> no one's ready to have that conversation. 
Oh God. Yeah. So so Kid Court mm. presented by presented by the toddler child of Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. Um yeah. uh which only deals with uh with ki- with kid with kiddie criminals. Mm. And in the in the in the frankly uh, ludicrous and unrealistic world described by uh by Jerry Hogg Seinfeld, mm. um what we're dealing with here is something where where every case can be settled with whether or not someone has called it. Yeah. So presumably, uh, when it comes to slightly more serious uh, criminal cases, we're we're starting to run into some run into some difficulty of the calling mm. uh, the calling methodology here. Yeah, technically, I called the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Technically, I called this podium, which I'm just wandering out with. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, we love to right. steal a podium. You know what? I would steal a podium. Like, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't join like a group of like a kind of group of kind of Aryan nation like wackadoodles. But I would definitely steal a podium, given half the chance. Yeah, I mean, it's, what is stealing a, plo- a podium but actually deplatforming, which, as we know, <laughs> is praxis. Yeah. Why? As a girl boss, you have to steal podiums in order to get a seat at the table. <laughs> yeah, you just there's because normally the problem was that around boardrooms in in the West there were just loads of podiums around the table, and they only left space for men. Um, and yeah. so once they removed the podiums from the room, there was there was room for women to sit down. Build your own podium, ladies. What I do is I go into the men's restroom and I put my podium right next to the urinals and then as they pee, I stand up. Do you make a speech? (laughs) Do you use the podium in order to use the urinals? Women don't pee or (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good good point, yeah. Well done for passing the test. Yeah, of whether or not you're a real woman. (laughs) Well done for passing the girl test. Uh, And also, Phoebe, Build Your Own Podium is totally a liberal feminist book that will actually be written. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm aware. I I, I saw the lathe that was out of the corner of my eye. Just yeah. Hove, hoving into view. Rev, yeah, hoving and dancing into view. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say something about building your own podium. Or just like, yeah, steal your own podium, bring your own podium, erect your own podium covered in slightly suspect Aryan mm. nation runes. Build your own podium and stand on it and ask people what the deal is with the dictionary. <laughs> you know, I tried. You know, I tried to. You know, I tried to get into the Aryan Nation, but uh, they told me I wasn't a good culture fit. That is a shame. I wonder why. Uh, <clears throat> I I would I would think that uh, in these in these in these times because they're misogynists, they would be taking that they would be taking diversity and inclusion more seriously. But, yeah. you know. that would be a very funny. Woke Aryan Nation guy who's just like, listen, diversity is our strength. Do you think that the Aryan nation is going to continue to be like a force in a changing world if we don't embrace, you know, talented people from a diverse range of backgrounds? I've, to- I've told you about my about my uh, ISIS HR department directive. Evil ISIS. Bit, right. Um, yeah, no, we'll, co- we'll come back to that. We haven't got enough time. It's, a, it's an extended bit. Okay. Everybody hates it. Like it's like <laughs> well, genuinely. That's like, really selling it. So uh, <laughs> tune in, tune in for that on a future episode of this podcast, um, uh, and I'm sure Every, you'll yeah, love every, it. Everyone, everyone hates it, and the more they hate it, the longer mm. I do it. You will either be entertained or you'll be able to cancel Phoebe. So either way, that's an exciting <laughs> prospect. There were some other bits in this episode. Was there one other bit? No, those are the. Hang on, let me just. Well, there are only just two double, bits. Let me just double check. Normally, there's three no, bits. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, no, no, no. There's another bit about the cops being useless when they show up after a burglary. When they show up and they just go, oh yeah, so uh, I guess you wanted to avoid that happening, which is, you know, it's quite astute. Mm, yeah, they are correct about so, that. So, uh, uh, Seinfeld says defund the police. Yeah, or or that could be fund the police more. That's the, that's the ambiguity there. It could be, but he like, but he likes the ambiguity. He relies on the ambiguity right. because comedy is the gap between what's said and what's implied. Mm. Like it's about jazz. the space between. Is it a cab or is it? 
That's right. <laughs> you might want to work on your acronyms. Mm. Bit confusing, <laughs> fellas. Yeah. What's the deal with what's the deal with a cab? <laughs> That's right. I was trying to hail a cab and I ended up getting uh, arrested. <laughs> Terrible. And all I was doing was just carrying out this podium. Yeah, that's right. So they put me in the cop car and I say, can you take me to 62nd and Broadway? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I just saw a load of people pointing at this cop car and shouting, a cab. So I thought, well, I'll hop right in. (laughs) What's the deal with confusing acronyms? Is that your uh, is that your Scouse Kenyan again? <laughs> Scouse Kenyan. <laughs> sc- oh, my uh, just and like with the with the grim inevitability, Milo's Milo's voice machine cranks <laughs> into life. <laughs> Have you ever been trying to hail a cab, but all you can find <laughs> is the cops? So you try and get them to drive you somewhere, but they won't do it. And you say, well, why not? And they say, well, we're not a cab. And you're like, well, that's not what I heard, mate. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is good shit. Gold. I really... Yeah. Yeah. I do golden. need to go, though, because I have that's a work abso- meeting coming up. I'm oh, sorry. Good, that is absolutely fine. <laughs> that is... It, that couldn't be more fine, honestly. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. So I think, yeah, I think on that, I think on that bombshell, I think we should, uh, I think we should call it there. Yeah, uh, time of, time of death. My- 4.15 p.m. Um, uh, Milo has some uh, voices he needs to practice. Uh, um, I do. Um, very, what, about a, uh, what about a Geordie Algerian? Tune in next week. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, Olga, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please. Thank you please, so much for having me. It's been such a do, delight. Please do come again. Uh, mm. We'll get you on for the, sponge, for the sponge episode in like three months' time or whatever. Yeah. Thank you very much. That means a whole lot to me. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug while you're here? The only thing I'd like to plug is the fact that um, in Halloween 2013, I dressed up as Elaine. Uh, oh, amazing. Nice. We'll be dropping the pics on Twitter when this, yeah, when this comes out. Yeah, I'm going to need to see these pictures. <laughs> yes. So only, only one thing I want to plug, and that's Hunter Biden's tight little ass. <laughs> well, on that, on okay. that bombshell... Um, <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Masters of Our Domain. And we will we will see you uh, soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.